A reading from the book of the prophet Jeremiah. You duped me, O Lord, and I let myself be duped. You were too strong for me, and you triumphed. All the day I am an object of laughter. Everyone mocks me. Whenever I speak, I must cry out, violence and outrage is my message. The word of the Lord has brought me derision and reproach all the day. I say to myself, I will not mention him. I will speak in his name no more. But then it becomes like fire burning in my heart, imprisoned in my bones. I grow weary holding it in. I cannot endure it. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. My soul is thirsting for you, O Lord, thirsting for you, my God. My soul is thirsting for you, O Lord, thirsting for you, my God. O God, you are my God whom I seek. For you my flesh pines and my soul thirsts, like earth parched, lifeless, and without water. My, my soul, soul is thirsting for you, O Lord, thirsting for you, my God. Thus have I gazed toward you in the sanctuary to see your power and your glory. For kindness is a greater good than life. My lips shall glorify you. My soul is thirsting for you, O Lord, thirsting for you, my God. Thus will I bless you while I live. Lifting up my hands, I will call upon your name. As with the riches of a banquet shall my soul be satisfied, and with exultant lips my mouth shall praise you. My soul is thirsting for you, O Lord, thirsting for you, my God. You are my help, and in the shadow of your wings I shout for joy. My soul clings fast to you. Your right hand upholds me. My soul is thirsting for you, O Lord, thirsting for you, my God. A reading from the letter of St. Paul to the Romans. I urge you, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God, your spiritual worship. Do not conform yourselves to this age, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that you may discern what is the will of God, what is good 
and pleasing and perfect. The word of the Lord. from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus began to show His disciples that He must go to Jerusalem and suffer greatly from the elders, the chief priests, and the scribes, and be killed on the third day, be raised. Then Peter took Jesus aside and began to rebuke Him. God forbid, Lord, no such thing shall ever happen to you. He turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are an obstacle to me. You are thinking not as God does, but as human beings do. Then Jesus said to his disciples, Whoever wishes to come after me must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever wishes to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. What profit would there be for one to gain the whole world and forfeit his life? Or what can one give in exchange for his life? For the Son of Man will come with his angels in his Father's glory, and then he will repay all according to his conduct. The Gospel of the Lord. Whoever wishes to come after me must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Ever since the advent of sin and its consequences in the world, the service of God entails that of struggle, renunciation, and overcoming of self. We see this exemplified most profoundly in the life of the prophet Jeremiah, which of all of the prophets, he's probably got the, he would probably win the award as being the most, uh, the greatest complainer of all of the prophets. 
from the beginning, even when he was called by God, oh, Lord, I'm too young. I can't speak. Don't. And then, of course, the Lord said, don't say you're too young. I cannot speak. And so it went. But here we hear him lamenting, complaining to God. He has faithfully carried out the charge to present the message, but in his defense, he was called to this prophetic mission in ministry at a time in which the people were very, very much astray and doing what they wanted to do. They have, it's been a great rift between them and the covenant God has established. And even God instructing Jeremiah when he told them the message that he would bring to the people, they will not listen to you. He told them up front, they're not going to listen to you, but don't you worry about that. I shall be with you and I will stand with you. They will not, you will not be overcome by them. So it's a give and a take here. It's not as though, although we hear Jeremiah saying, you duped me. You duped me, Lord. It's like he's saying, you seduced me. And I let myself be seduced. You fooled me. And here it is. And then he even resigned himself. I'm not going to speak this message. I will not. But he said it's, it was like a fire in his soul. He couldn't, he couldn't hold it back. Therein confirming the divine fire of God stamped on him that, he, that, that's, that, that manifests itself most profoundly in our weakness. Now we contrast this and we compare this to Jesus, who having just given Simon the son of Jonah the great word of beatitude, having disclosed under the inspiration of the heavenly father that he is the Christ, the son of the living God, in response to the question, who do you say that I am? I think it's interesting, too, that the first reading is highlighting the person of the prophet Jeremiah when Jesus asked the first question, who do the people say that the Son of Man is? And the responses that came back were John the Baptist, Elijah, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. So the people recognized in Jesus a new Jeremiah, but one, uh, a Jeremiah who, in this case, Jesus, instead of being repulsed by the reality of the sufferings that he predicts are coming. This is the first time he predicts his ensuing um, crucifixion in Jerusalem. He, he speaks of it in a way that is part and parcel of what he's come to do. And as he discloses this, and he even says in kind of a cryptic way, on the third day he shall be raised. Well, Peter will have none of this, he begins to remonstrate. He rebukes the Lord. And if you really want to know how it went, it's like he pulls Jesus aside and says, nah, this is how it's going to go. Well, that was bold, very bold on Peter's part. But Jesus wasted no time in giving him a very, probably one of the strongest rebukes you could ever hear. He actually gives him the designation of a Satan, which the Greek would be Satan. The, the term Satan is a scandalon an obstacle. And no doubt he pushes a button in Jesus because Jesus is very cognizant of what happened when he was driven into the desert by the Holy Spirit following his baptism in the Jordan. As he met with the temptations after 40 days, Satan approached him and tempted him three times. And so he is very cognizant of the way 
in which the devil tries to dissuade a one who has been charged, who has been called by God, anointed by God specifically for the work of God to be realized. And what was the each one of those temptations was basically extending to Jesus a shortcut to the cross or to his, his mission. But he would have none of it then and he would have none of it now. But you notice when he rebukes when he rebukes Peter, he doesn't tell him, get away from here. Don't ever come back. Get behind me. Get behind me. Remember who's who. And we all need to hear this word. And it truly is a word. It's, 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 it's a truly a word that emanates from love, the truest word. Jesus would not bother to tell Peter or any one of us, or you and I would not bother to tell somebody that's close to us, that's significant in our lives, something that they need to hear, despite the fact that they may not like it, in order that they can straighten themselves out. You would not bother with someone you didn't care for. And look at how good Jesus is. He uses this gaffe of Peter to teach one and all who choose to be his disciple of what this will entail, what it will cost. There is a price to pay. If you ever notice, in every sanctuary of a Roman Catholic church, central in the sanctuary is a crucifix. That's a cross with the corpus of the body of Jesus on it. This is to keep our focus on the reality of what is mandated, of what is necessary for us to participate not only in the fullness, the abundance of life he assures us is ours in him, in this time and space and place, but well beyond this time when there is no time to count anymore, but eternity, one must realize that when he calls us to himself, as he says, come to me, you who are wearied in this life, your burden, come, learn from me. Take my yoke upon your shoulders. It's easy. My burden is light. We are being reminded, yes, the cross suffering is part and parcel of the mission of love to redeem the entire world. But along with that, we are assured that he journeys with us. Jesus bears the cross with us every step of the way. And so it's a complete, it's a call to a complete submission of mind and body. And we hear St. Paul in his epistle to the Romans as he says, I urge you, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God, your spiritual worship. Do not conform yourselves to this, to this age, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. You are thinking not as God does, but as human beings do. So very often when we are met with the challenges of the call of the gospel, where the Lord leads us or is prompting us to go, so very often we make the mistake of discerning the challenge or the situation from a merely natural perspective. 
In order to think as God thinks or to see as God sees, we must resign ourselves and ask for the assistance of the Holy Spirit, which enables us to move beyond the natural impulse, the natural tendency to be repulsed by any semblance of struggle and suffering so as to move towards that which love makes possible a complete and absolute transformation of the entire person, mind, body, and soul. And we also must remember in this word from Jesus today, as he says to us, what does it profit you? If I win the lottery tonight, if I hit it, I get all that money, what am I going to do? Well, I'm sure we can all use our imaginations, but to amass all these possessions, to do all these things, to make it seem as though I have obtained everything that one could ever hope for in the world. And if I let that get to my, go to my head to the point that I forget that I'm more than just a body with biological functions in this world, but that I have a divine soul that has been gifted to me, enabling me to make it through this life so as to enjoy the joys of the kingdom that is yet to come in its fullness. To possess everything, but to lose one's soul is, is something we have to bear in mind. And Jesus assures us that by the time everything is said and done, when he returns, as he will, each will be afforded their just reward for what they have accomplished in the body for good or for ill. We pray today for the grace to hear this word of God as it truly is, the word of God, a word that reminds us that Jesus is the master builder who builds with stones. And if we get off the mark, instead of being a building block, we can become a stumbling block to the Lord and to those who have been charged along with us who are striving after this great mandate to love one another as he loves us. Let us be thankful that when we do forget ourselves from time to time in overreach, even to the point where we're going to say, oh, no, Lord, you, you've got this all wrong. This is how it's going to go. How loving and merciful the Lord to allow us to actually speak to him as if we're in charge. And then when he corrects us, yes, sometimes a stern word, but never a word of rejection always a word that is intended for reconciliation and transformation. A word, mind you, that leads us to the incarnation of this mystery of love under the species of the bread and wine in every Eucharist. For whoever eats the flesh of the Son of Man and drinks his blood shall have life, life everlasting. Or, as Jesus says it, for whoever wishes 
to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. So let's imagine that. When we come to Jesus today and receive him as he is, under the humble appearance of bread and wine, let us see ourselves as choosing to lose our lives in him and to receive the life without end through what he gives us and, can, and is the only one capable of giving us that which lasts forever. God love you.